When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The story so far. Blonde, blue-eyed Tim Brooke Taylor, the international dope, has set off for a camping holiday in Bradford where he encounters one Graham Garden. There is only one. Garden is in love with society hostess and striptease artist Josephine Kendall, who doesn't return his affections, although she likes him as a friend, because she's secretly engaged to David Hatch, the well-known bore, who has recently threatened to expose the dubious habits of North Country-born pop singer Bill Oddie, who has recently taken London by tube. Now, read on. <laughs> It's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm read, oh, I'm sorry, I'll read that good evening. of our time. We present another in the series of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again, Potted Biographies. Oh, now when you're potting out your biographies, be sure and use plenty of horse. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> we, present, we present a sound portrait of one of the country's greatest industrialists, Sir Ruddy Shame. In this profile, we hear the voices of Sir Ruddy Shame himself and all his friends and colleagues who would agree to appear for nothing. First, I spoke to his secretary, Mavis Featherplume, who holds him in great respect, and also very tightly. <laughs> Tell me, Miss Featherplume, how do you like it with your employer? Pardon? Hmm? <laughs> I mean, what's he like to work with? Oh, he's a marvellous boss and a really wonderful man. He's a great lover of the arts, you know. Yes, I believe he has quite a collection of paintings. Oh, yes. I'll never forget the first time he showed me his Botticelli. Really? And I'll never forget the second time, either. No. Next, I spoke to P.C. Arthur Boot. Excuse me, Constable. Could you tell me the time? Half past three. Thank you. Then, <laughs> then I visited Sir Ruddy's business partner, Montague Sideparting. Get out! Get out of my office, you snivelling little gutter snipe. Go on, put it off, you evil little rat. You mean bursting here like this. Go on, put it off. Out, out, out. Uh, excuse me, there must be some mistake. I'm from the BBC. Get out! Go on! Out! 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 Lastly, we travelled down to Much Grobbits, the country home 
of the Thames, where we saw Sir Ruddy's wife. Oh, look, there's Sir Ruddy's wife. Oh, yes. <laughs> Here at Much Province, <laughs> I spoke to Sir Ruddy Shame himself. Sir Ruddy, you were born in humble surroundings. In fact, well, your father was a coal miner in Kensington. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he was very poor. Why? It was a smokeless zone. <laughs> I see, but from this humble start in life, you have become one of the best-loved men in the country. Now, how do you explain that? I suppose I'm just lucky with women, you know, some people <laughs> Then, as a young man, you set yourself up in the bread-pudding industry. <laughs> Until today, I suppose it could be true to say that you are the man who put bread-pudding on the map. Yes, yes, I did, I did. But I'll clean it off again as soon as I can. <laughs> Sir Ruddy, you are now an extremely rich man, yet but, how much money, how much money do you have in your wallet at this moment? Ah, uh, uh, let's see, I have two pounds, ten. And is that all you have with you? No, I've got some silver uh, in my trouser pocket, three million, million pounds. <laughs> I see, so that explains your unusual habit of, of wearing your trousers down round your ankles. Well, well it, it, it rots. So much the weight of the money as the four security guards I've got in there to watch it. <laughs> ah! Ooh, ouch! Oh, what's wrong? They're brewing up tea again. <laughs> it's all right, it'll pass off. <laughs> and finally, if you were to meet a young man setting off down life's long and arduous highway, what would you say to him? Bye-bye! <laughs> down, Julian. Now, I think it's time we had a serious talk, dear. Your father and I have discussed it, and we feel that at 14, you're old enough to know about things. <laughs> now, when I say things, I, I think you know what I'm talking about, Julian, and it's nothing we need to be embarrassed about. <laughs> yes, Julian, I'm talking about money. <laughs> Now, you probably still think that it just grows on trees, or that Daddy found it in a pirate chest. But there's more to it than that, Julian. You see, there are pounds and there are pennies, and they're different. <laughs> and, Julian, checks don't just happen. <laughs> together for it. Now, <laughs> now, ideally, this happens in the setting of a proper happy bank account, where it's legal. <laughs> but, but it's not always like that. I'm afraid every year there are more and more bunny bouncing checks which just shouldn't have come into the world. <laughs> you do understand, don't you, Julian? Money's nothing to be ashamed of. And I hope you'll always talk to Daddy or me about any problems you may have about making cash. <laughs> I know you're just like other boys, and I'm sure you've fooled about with slot machines and shut hate me behind the pavilion. <laughs> I mean, everyone's a bit silly about money now and then. Before we had a joint account, your Daddy and I... <laughs> used sometimes to get a little bit overdrawn <laughs> in spite of what our parents told us. Luckily, I never got bankrupt. <laughs> there. 
That's all I've got to say. But I thought you ought to know the facts, particularly now that you've got two children to support. Good evening. With us tonight in the Let's Hear About It studio is the famous boxer, Mr. Butch Harrington, who has just returned from America, where he fought and beat the world champion, Floyd Schwartz. Good, good evening, Mr. Harrigan, or should I call you champ? No. Uh, well, uh, how, how does it feel to be champion of the world? It feels marvellous to be champion of the world, absolutely marvellous. Did you enjoy the trip? Oh, yes, had a marvellous time. Did you fly there? No, no, I can't fly. I, uh, <laughs> I had to go by bus. To America? No, no, Stockport. Stockport? Yes. You're... You're not Mr. Butch Harrington? Well, now you come to mention it, yes. Yes? Yes, I'm not Mr. Butch Harrington. <laughs> but, but you just said it felt marvellous to be world champion. Oh, yes. Well, I expect it does. And you're not a boxer? A boxer? Yes, a boxer. Of course I'm not. A boxer's a sort of dog with a pug face and short ears. <laughs> I haven't got short ears, have I? Well, no. No, my ears are long and sleek. I'm not a boxer. <laughs> I'm a collie. <laughs> Collie? Yes, a collie. A collie dog? No, no, of course not. I don't look like a dog, do I? No. Dogs can't talk like me, can they? No. Whatever made you think I was a dog? Well, I... Oh, I'm not a collie dog. No, no. I'm I... a cauliflower. A cauliflower? Yes. Don't you believe me? Well, to be quite honest, no. Why not? Why don't you believe I'm a cauliflower? Well, I, um, well... Cauliflowers can't talk. How do you know? Well, I've never heard one. Well, it's no proof, is it? Have you ever heard a David Hatch speak? No. Well, that doesn't mean he can't speak, does it? No. No, it just means that he's never sober enough to speak. <laughs> never thought of that. Well, you see, the only reason you've never heard a cauliflower speak before is that they've always been too drunk to speak. Oh. Now, do you believe I'm a cauliflower? Well, I suppose so, yes. That's better. What am I? A uh, uh, cauliflower. Louder. A cauliflower. Now tell the audience. He is a cauliflower. What's the matter? What are you You. Why? You think I'm a cauliflower. <laughs> well, well, you are. No, I'm not. Well, you said you were. I was joking. You're not a cauliflower. No. No, I'm not a cauliflower. I'm a cabbage. Are you sure? Yes. You're definitely a cabbage? Yes. You're not joking? No, I'm a cabbage. Good. Because I'm a caterpillar and I eat cabbages. We've had a request for Bill Oddie to sing a straight song. Please, may I sing a straight song? All right, Oddie. Just the once. Make it quick. <clears throat> if any of something funny. Shut up. Goodbye. No use leading with our chins. This is where our story ends. Never lovers, ever friends. Goodbye. Let our hearts call it a day. But before you walk away, I sincerely want to say. I wish you bluebirds in the spring to give your heart a song to sing. The hills are alive. And then a kiss. But more than this. More than what? 
I wish you love. Oh, darling. Thank you. And it... And in July, a lemonade. <laughs> to cool you in some leafy glade. You, it's hot. I wish you health. <laughs> but more than wealth. Money! I wish you love. Oh, my aching heart. Oh, and I agree. Right, right, absolutely. That this was never meant to be. Or not to be. But with my best. Your best what? My very best. Oh, that. No, I set you free. I'm free. I wish you shelter from the storm. A cozy fire to keep you warm. But most of all, when snowflakes fall, I wish you'd shut up! For a ghost story. The story of the ghost of McMuckle Mance. <laughs> <laughs> Hideously. Our tale opens in the smoking room of a well known gentleman's club for well known gentlemen. Quimbling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hello, clutch feathering hawk, and all that is. I'd like another port. How about Liverpool then, sir? Capital. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. No, that's London, sir. I say, Withering Hall. Do you believe in ghosts? Ghosts? Pebble or poppycock, nothing more than a load of ball and ash. Call that him believing them. Oh, well, if you look over there, you can see a chap who's... Claims he's actually seen one. It's young Tim Brown Windsor. Just a tick. Yes, yeah, so I've heard. I'll... <laughs> I'll call him over. I say, Brown Windsor. I say, what ho, chaps? I was just talking to Clutch Feathering Hall about ghosts. Tell old Clutch Wagger Featherpackers about, about that ghost of yours. Very well. It all happened on the first night of my honeymoon. My wife Fiona and I were going to stay at a lonely Scottish boarding house, McMuckle Mance. Timsey Wimsey, stop doing bird impressions and ring the bell. I wasn't doing bird impressions. That makes a change. <laughs> I'll ring the bell, Fiona. He said through the door. <laughs> Can we help you? Yes, we're Mr. and Mrs. Brown Windsor. <laughs> come away in, come in, come in, come in. We'll be staying the night. <laughs> Nobody stays the night, McMuckle Man. Who are you? I'm fine. Who's yourself? <laughs> Mind him, sir. He's been simple-minded ever since he caught his foreign in the through the doctor. <laughs> but anyway, why does nobody stay the night at McMuckle Mance? Have you never heard tell of the curse of the McMuckle? Every night, every night at the hour of midnight, when the keeper killies cry in the gloaming, and the peabrocks stir up your kilt. <laughs> The McMuckle ghost stalks abroad. But it never catches one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of a rotten old ghost. <laughs> You're a brave man, sir, but just you mind the curse of the McMuckle. Mind the curse of the McMuckles, eh? <laughs> well, they showed us to our room and we went to bed. It was the first night of our honeymoon, remember. But you'll never guess what happened. I think I... <laughs> I can imagine. I thought <laughs> later that night we heard strange noises. <laughs> footsteps. I heard footsteps on the landing. Tim, Tim, wake up. Oh, not again, Fiona. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look over there. That horrible figure. Oh, it's awful. Oh, oh it's hideous. Go away. Closer. Closer and closer. He's standing by the bed. Oh, it's going to speak. Who are you? I am the ghost of 
servants brought some letters up to me. Your mail, sir. Don't bet on it, <laughs> Now, let's see what we've got in the post. Oh, dear, they're all bills. Oh, thank you very much. Wait, wait, there's one for you. Why, it's from my old chum, Professor Throgmorton Wembley, the expert in parapsychical research, hauntings of speciality. What luck! Yes, isn't it? He'll soon solve the mystery of the muckle ghost. In fact, there's even more luck. He's arriving here tomorrow. Next morning. Thank you, David. Not at all. Very good. Hello, Brown Windsor. Professor Throgmorton Wembley, this is my wife. I don't think you've met her. No, I don't think I've had the pleasure. But I've met her once or twice. Professor, <laughs> who is this mysterious, dark-eyed oriental girl who you brought with you? Oh, this is my enchanting Egyptian assistant, Fatou. Greetings, our English gentleman. Fatou is an invaluable help to me. She is well-versed in all the ancient mysteries of the East. And what's more, she's psychical. But most of the time, she works as my maid. Your maid? Yes. yes. And look, I brought you a present. A little wooden seat. Why not sit on it? Oh, do you think it would suit me? Oh, yes. You would look sweet upon the seat of my psychical maid for two. We apologise for the loss of quality in our jokes. For the moment, we shall continue in sound only. That night, we all sat together in the library, waiting for the muckle ghost to reappear. In the flickering light of the storm, we saw strange shapes moving in the bushes outside and heard odd noises. Oh, give over, Hamish. Suddenly, <laughs> Professor Throgmorton Wembley cried out. Out. What is it? <laughs> what is it, Prof? Here in this old tome, the secret of the curse of the McMuckles. It says the only way to get rid of the ghost is to sacrifice a chartered accountant at midnight. <gasps> you mean a human sacrifice? No, just a chartered accountant. <laughs> You're too late. Look over there. Hi, over there. Coming to our towards us. It's the McMuckle ghost. It's the ghost. Oh, here I am again. Wait a moment. I recognize that voice. Oh. It's my old friend, Lady Constance, to cover it in a sheet. Auntie. Yes, Timothy. It's only me. But, Auntie, why did you do it? Well, I always wanted to meet Professor Frogmorton Wembley, the gorgeous creature. And this was the only way I could think of. And now, you ravishing creature, let me run my fingers through your hair. And you better put on a nightgown. No. Hair today, gown tomorrow. Suddenly, as she spoke, the candle began to gutter. Gutter, gutter in my candle voice. And then, it went out. And I'm not coming back. The room was plunged in darkness Oh, Timmy, it's so dark I can't see my hand in front of my face It isn't in front of your face <laughs> Wait, Wait. I, I feel a presence in this room Listen Yes Everything's gone quiet Yes The birds have stopped singing Yes This house is silent Everything is as quiet as the grave not a sound to be heard. Yes. Nothing stirs. Nothing moves. 
Nothing. Nothing. Boo! What do you want of us? Speak to us. Ah, good evening. <laughs> I am the ghost of the ghost. I am the Mac Mac Macu ghost. I am the good evening. I am the ghost. <laughs> well, you don't frighten us. <laughs> ah, don't laugh at me, because I'm a ghoul evening. But I, I cannot rest. I I'm sorry, I I cannot rest until the McMuckle treasure is found. Treasure? Where? Follow me. With that, the ghost turned on his heels, switched off the light, and before our very eyes walked straight through the wall. We followed him down dark and dismal corridors, all dusty and damp, and then he took us through a huge old door. We went down a long flight of old crumbling steps into a deep, dark cellar. The cellar was dank and mildewed, and strange little things scuttled across the floor. Stop it, Tim. You're making it up. It was all weird and spooky. Long cobwebs hung down from the roof and lashed your face. Come on, Stop making it up. Stop making it up. There were strange, dark shadows in the corner, and bats came swooping down from the roof. No, 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 no. Don't be so wet. Tell me a story. <laughs> and there were spiders. Oh, yes? <laughs> Horrible black spiders. Oh, no, no, not, not spiders. Fat, hairy spiders that ran up the back of your neck. Stop it. Hundreds of spiders. No, shut up, stop it, stop it, or go away. Huge, enormous black spiders with long, hairy legs that get caught no. in your hair. No. Nasty big spiders with great staring eyes that scattering across your face. In the corner was a little door, and slowly I opened it, for behind that door lay the treasure. Has the nasty bit finished yet? Yes. Of course, I wasn't really frightened. At that moment... A huge spider came out of the dark. After a terrible struggle, I escaped with the treasure, and so ends the story of McMuckle Mance. Next week, we'll be telling you the story of... Um, who's, who's put out the lights? Uh, will somebody put them on again, please? Hello? <laughs> Is anybody there? Help, please. Somebody, please. Oh. <laughs> Is anybody there? Tim Brooke Taylor. Who, who, what, who said that? Who, who? I'm coming. Get you. Oh, wait, who, who, why? Where is it? What? I'm coming to get you. Oh, oh. I'm coming to get you. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you certainly frightened him off with that spooky voice, David. It wasn't me, it was Graham. I thought it was Bill. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> or me. Well, if it wasn't any of us, it must have been... <laughs> Somebody else? <laughs> that was Afternoon Theatre, and the cast were as follows. 
the Honourable Mrs. High Noon Water Closet Thinking Shears by handsome bachelor Timbrook Taylor. John Waterbonnet by the amazing impressionist Graham Garden. John Bull by the voice of the nation, David Hatch. Tiddles Thugbuster by glamorous national theatre player Joe Kendall. And Bill Oddie by Bill Oddie. <laughs> the work was written by Simon Brett, Derek Farmer, Graham Garden and Bill Oddie. The original song was composed by Bill Oddie from an Elizabethan air from the head of Walter Raleigh. <laughs> the... Uh... The uh, music was Boccherini's String Quartet No. 47, Office 9, written by Dave Lee and deranged by Leon Cohen. <laughs> the programme was produced by David Hatch and Peter Titheridge, who, following the recent trend, have now moved over to television to switch it on. <laughs> and now, before we close, here are a few words from Graham Garden. Land girl, occasional table, very tasty, very sweet. I'm sorry I read that again. <laughs> credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.